watching that news update the other day on the, that announcement you were talking about. Man, I tell you what. Times are definitely changing. They're going to change. Coming of the Lord is soon. God, so we need to make ourselves ready. Troublesome times are here, filling this heart with fear. Freedom we all hold Now is that
Scripture concerning what Jesus was talking about in Matthew 24, you know, we're pretty much uh, entering into that time. I believe we're in that time right now. Not so much of entering into it, but we're in that time. Uh, scripture talks about the, the beginning of sorrows, the beginning of birth pains. And, uh, my, my, my. And just like you just, you just, uh, I always remember this. I, uh, in my early years, in the, as I was, uh, as I started out in the ministry uh, a long time ago, um, I always remember this uh, because of the, the lack of uh, understanding, the lack of revelation. A lot of people were had different opinions about the the uh, coming of the Lord and, and, and the church world refers to it as the rapture. Uh, the Greek says parousia and uh, the coming of the Lord. And of course, because there was really no uh, uh, insight, specific insight to that particular event, there's, there are so many differences of, of opinions. But we're living now in a time that I believe that uh, the Lord is allowing the, the ministry. <laughs> He's allowing the ministry to be able to come to that understanding, to kind of put things together. Of course, Daniel referred to that when, when the Lord was speaking to, to Daniel about all the things that were going to befall Israel in, in the latter days. Of course, this all has to do with not just Israel. Uh, God is going to deal with his people, but you know what? There's going to be a lot of things that he's going to deal with mankind as a whole. And we see that, but one of the things, one of the uh, things that he told Daniel, he said that, uh, he said they would be going to and fro, and knowledge shall be increased. Now, a lot of people that were experts in eschatology, always refer to that because of the technological advances. They, a lot of them refer to that particular scripture as airplanes flying back and forth. That's not what he referred to. He referred to uh, God's people being able to go in the word and go back and forth from Old Testament to New Testament. And, and, and uh, as a result of that, knowledge shall be increased. Uh, you know, and... and uh, so we're seeing that happen right now. There were a lot of um, a lot of things that were in question, a lot of things that were vague at best as far as understanding these events that, uh, that everybody had their interpretation and everybody thought that this was the way it was going to happen. But uh, it's almost like, uh, you know, when we talked about the scripture being uh, the, the Lord saying that, uh, he spoke to everybody in Proverbs. He spoke to everybody in Proverbs. Unless you were able to understand what that proverb was, the dark sayings, he refers to them as dark sayings. In other words, they're, they're, you cannot see the, the, the whole point or the whole, uh, uh, under, you can't receive the whole understanding because it's vague. It's, it's hidden in obscurity. It's dim. You can't see it, the whole thing, but we can kind of get a glimpse of it. It's not like you know your 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 vision is, is is out of focus. You can't see it really that well. But now, coming into the time that we're coming into now, we're finding out that scripture is being opened up, and, and the Lord's opening up that understanding to His people, so that we can be able to to interpret or or understand the scriptures, especially concerning. The times that we are living in. I, I know how, how much of a headache, how much of a frustration that was, because uh, I was a young man when I 
begin my studies in eschatology. Uh, it was something that I didn't take upon myself. It was obviously uh, my, my teaching, uh, what I was taught, and then of course the Lord's you know, bringing to me certain understanding, and as a result, it was just that direction I went, and and uh, and I just started to follow it. And, and uh, here's one thing I understand this, and and, there, and and I'm not just saying this for myself. I want you to understand this. I do not know all things. I'll make that confession to you right now. I do not know all things, but there's some things I understand. There's some things I know. There's some things I have experienced. Now I'm gonna tell you something. And, and you're going to find out, and any person who is a believer, any person who takes it upon themselves, you know, uh, in the scripture, in, in Acts 13, it talks about the Bereans. They were more noble than any other of the churches. And the reason why they were more noble, noble because, because the Bible says they wanted to search the scriptures to see if these things were, were really so. In other words, everything that the apostle Paul was teaching them, you know what, they didn't just listen to it. You know what they did? They searched it out. And, and that's how it has to be with, I believe, with the church, with the, with the people of God. Study to show thyself approved unto God. A workman that needeth not to be ashamed. Rightly dividing the word to 2 Timothy 2.15. So, so we understand that. And, and if it's anything, if it's anything that I get excited about it. If it's anything that I, I, I would want for the people of God is for them to get that, uh, how would I say, that longing, that desire to really search the scriptures. Really seek God out on your own. And he's given us that admonition individually. He said to make your calling and election sure. How are we going to do that? The word. We have some very intelligent, intelligent, intellectual people in this world. <clears throat> some have made scientific uh, uh, discoveries, uh, advancements, and all this, but that's the secular world. I believe that God has people that are just as informative and knowledgeable in the word. And, and amen, God will impart to them, like he said, if any man lack wisdom, let him ask of God. And so we have that opportunity is given to us that we can get into the word and we can seek it out. We can seek it out. That's why this book is important to us. The Bible ought to be important to any person who's a child of God. Why? Of course, that's your, that's your textbook. That's your manual. Basic, what does it say? Before leaving earth. Basic instructions before leaving her Bible. <laughs> That's just what it is. Man, and I want to encourage you, and I'm, I'm, I'm throwing this out there. I'm doing a little uh, little recruiting. Come come to youth night. Because you get an opportunity, you, you, and I'm not going to say chance. I don't believe in chance. You get the opportunity to really, it's challenging. It's challenging. I mean, there's times I have to stand there and think about it. I have to blow them cobwebs off of my mind just to try to get get the answers I'm you know I'm looking for. And, and uh, it's challenging, but you know it's good because it actually gets you to really dig into your Bible, to read your Bible. And so, Hallelujah. I I've been praying about uh, beginning a, a Bible study on end times. Uh, studying the 70th week of Daniel, I, I never, I never did think, I never did realize and understand that uh, when the Lord gave instruction to Israel concerning the feast of Israel, okay, in, in the first covenant in the Old Testament, there's a reason why He did that. It literally played a role for Israel, and it, it, and and you know what? It, it it played a prophetic role for the church. And, and uh, it all is, is all related. It's all related. It, it just goes right along. It's parallel. It goes parallel with Israel and then the church. Everything goes parallel. So when we study those, and you know what? That's, that's how I came to understand certain things about the second week of Daniel. Because it was hidden 
it was hidden, it was in obscurity in those passages of scripture. And so when you begin to search it out and you begin to find out and you put the thing, picture comes together, here a little, there a little. Huh? Line upon line, line upon line, precept upon precept. And, and that's how it happened. And then you begin to see, you begin to get a, get a picture that's all put together like a puzzle. And then you can see the greater picture. That's why I say, I'm glad I'm in the church of the living God. Because we are going to be facing one of the greatest times this world has ever seen. This world has ever experienced. And you know what? Here's the thing. The church is going to rise. That's right. So that's why... Things like what happened the other the other day. You know, it was just almost like going back to certain passages of the scripture and everything they were talking about, the, this plan and everything. Uh, and you go back, go, go all the way back to the book of Genesis, you could find out. <coughs> and, and it was just like everything was unfolding. I told my wife, I told my wife this, I said, here's the thing. Uh, the Palestinians and the Arab countries have to agree to this plan. If they do, that means that uh, uh, everything as far as the legal and legitimate claims of Israel as a country, of course, they know their boundaries. Their, their boundaries were appointed and given to them by God when they prom went into the promised land. They know their boundaries, so if, if they come into agreement with that and they say, we accept your offer, you know what's going to happen? Once Israel reclaims all of Jerusalem, you know what they're going to do? You know what they're going to do? They're going to build the temple. So, so all these things are not a coincidence. That's just not something that just all of a sudden is happening. God obviously is using men, even using Donald Trump. Ooh, a lot of people don't like Donald Trump, but. Uh, here's, here's the thing. I know a man of God. Well, I don't know him personally. I know of him. My brother knows him personally. Uh, I had a chance to listen to him talk. Uh, when, when Donald Trump was running for president down in, and he had one of his campaigns down in Texas, the Lord moved upon that man to, to go speak a word to Donald Trump. And he said, Donald Trump? He said, yes, Donald Trump. I have a word for Donald Trump. He said, Lord, <laughs> if I could even get him close to him at this rally, it'd be next to impossible. But you know what? He did just what the Lord spoke him to do. He said where he was located in the rally, he had no access to Donald Trump. How could this be? This must not be God. After everything was said and done, everything was over, Donald Trump leaves the platform. He heads out. He said, well, obviously it must have not been the Lord. And guess, he said, guess what happened? Guess who came around in front of the, the platform? And guess who came down the very uh, aisle I was standing at? was Mr. Trump. And he said, so I knew God wanted me to tell him what he wanted me to tell him. So he said, when he came up to me and shook my hand, I spoke to him and said, Mr. Trump, I have a word from the Lord for you. And he said, if you have a word from the Lord for me, speak it to me. And he did. Who says God cannot intervene in the fears of man? Everything is happening just because, you know, God is definitely he's in control. He's on the scene. Uh, my heart is burdened. My heart is burdened. Along with carrying even the weight of my own burdens, my heart is deeply burdened, heavily burdened. So many things happening. So many things that are coming upon God's people. Of course, we're, we're living in a time when the Bible says, when the love of many shall wax cold, Iniquity shall abound. We see that, and, and that pertain that pertains to every individual. That pertains to each and every one of us. When when the love we have for God grows cold, iniquity shall abound. He's speaking to that 
each and every one of us as an individual. When we lose that desire, that longing, that love for God, you can rest assured, you can be sure sin is going to overcome. You're going to be set back. You're going to be challenged. You're going to be overwhelmed. And see, this is basically the area right now where a lot of saints that belong to this fellowship, this is where they are. They're struggling. They're battling with forces that they cannot face alone. I'm going to tell you something. You cannot face, you cannot play with sin. You, you cannot, you know, walk in the ways of the world. And if you do not have a prayer life, if you do not have strong conviction, thinking that you will overcome the world, there's just no way. If you don't pray, if you don't read, if you don't humble yourself to God, there's no way the world will overcome you, sin will overcome you, and principalities and powers will definitely overcome you. And it seems like this is the area or this is the, the domain that the people of God seem to really struggle with. I've never seen anything like it in all my years in the ministry. And especially as a pastor. I'm deeply burdened. Deeply burdened. But I know this. I know this that you and I, we have the victory. We have the victory. Greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world, is what the Apostle John said. God obviously filled us with his spirit for a reason, for a purpose. And when we understand that we are to, you know what the Bible calls it, the spirit of grace. The spirit of grace. So the only, you know, the only way that you and I can be assured and have that assurance, that blessed assurance, is to be able to walk, to be able to live in the spirit. That's the only way. You can't do it on your own. We just finished talking about the rapture. And, and, and when we approach, you know, what it is about the coming of the Lord, and I, I'm not trying to instill or put fear in anybody, uh, but if I read my Bible, when it comes down to it, there's not a specific number, but maybe uh, it kind of gives us an, uh, an idea of a percentage of people that are actually going to make the rapture when they come, when he comes. But he talks about the ten virgins, five that were wise and five that were foolish. And then you break it down, you break it down to where he talks about the seed that was planted on good ground. And you find out there's four types of ground. You find out the only type of ground that produced fruit was the, the, the seed that was sown on good ground. So you're breaking it down to that half is, is broken down to a quarter. A quarter. And you know what the Bible says? I, 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 tend, to, I tend to understand that uh, the, the word of God is true because he says many are called but few are chosen. And if the righteous scarcely be saved, where shall the ungodly and the sinner So it's something that you and I individually have to, there's, there's a question, when we talk about what it is to know God, and when, when, we, when we throw around uh, certain, uh, uh, you know, if we, if we say we're people of faith and, and we're a child of God, everybody professes to be a, a Christian. Everybody professes to believe in, in Jesus and all this. You know, just uh, we're quick to say that I, I believe in the Bible and I believe Jesus. I believe in the Lord Jesus and all this. We're, we're quick to profess. But you know what? 
Salvation isn't the result of just one profession. That's why he said, seek out your own salvation with fear and with trembling. This is something you cannot pursue with a, a relaxed attitude. This is something that has to be, it, it, it's going to, you know what? It's going to take all your energy. It's going to take all your strength. Huh? It's going to take humility. Human nature, hard, hard for human nature to be humble. Hard for us to, to be a humble people. That's how human nature is. We're, 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 we want to do, a, you know what? We're all free moral agents. We all have the ability to decide what we want to do for ourselves. Huh? Here, here's the thing. God will never bend anybody's arm to live for him. Huh? That, that, Choice is up to you. If you want to live for God, you can live for God. But let me tell you something. If you're going to live for God, live for Him hard. Amen. Live for Him hard. Don't be uh, relaxed and don't be slack with your faith and with your conviction. Be, you know, there's a reason why Paul said, endure hardness as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. We've got to be, and that requires. Discipline. A lot of people don't like to hear that word. Ooh, that hurt my. That hurt. Gets right deep down into your heart, doesn't it? Discipline. Ooh. I believe this. If you're a child of God, you're going to do what you need to do to maintain your salvation. Here's, a, here's an interesting question. Um, where do I begin? Well, let's go to Philippians. Let's go to Philippians chapter 3. I'll start there. And uh, Philippians chapter 3, we'll begin with verse number 7. I'll take a sip of water as you're going to your scripture. <coughs> Hallelujah. Philippians chapter 3, verse number 7. But what things were gained to me, those I counted lost for Christ. Yea, doubtless, and I count all things but lost for the excellency of the knowledge of Christ. Do you see that? Jesus Christ, my Lord, for the excellency of the knowledge of Jesus, of Christ Jesus, my Lord, for whom I have suffered the loss of all things and do count them but dung that I may win Christ. Man, what a price. What a price we pay. And be found in him. And be found in him not having mine own righteousness. Everybody see that? Amen. Not having mine own righteousness, which is of the law, but that which is through the faith of Christ, the righteousness which is of God by faith. Let me tell you something. Put your faith in God. Obey Him. And you're going to find out. Guess what? He will. You will be established in His righteousness. Not yours. His. Because some of us we're trying to live for God, but you know what? We're, we're you know what we're doing? We're applying our own righteousness. Huh? That I be that I may know Him, that I may know Him, and the power of His resurrection. Wow! And the fellowship of His sufferings, being made conformable unto his death, if by any means I may attain unto the resurrection of the dead. Not as though I had already attained, either were already perfect, already mature, but I follow, if that I may apprehend that for which also I am apprehended of 
Christ Jesus. Did you know that the Lord is seeking you? The Lord is pursuing you. The Lord is interested in your salvation. He's interested in your eternal destinies. All right? So he said, brethren, I count not myself to have apprehended, but this one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forth unto those things which are before. I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. I like this. Let us therefore as many as be perfect, as be mature. If we're mature, be thus minded. If any, and if anything ye be otherwise minded, God shall reveal even this unto you. Wow. If, if, if we're lacking somewhere, here's the thing. God loves us so much, he'll let us know where we're lacking. That's right. But when he does, when he lets us know where where we're lacking and he, he reproves us. He corrects us. And maybe even at times he rebukes us. How do we read? How do we react to all the rebuke, the reproof, the correction? Do we take it because we know it's from him? Or do we resist? Wow. Interesting question. You think there's a question when we, when we think about everything right now that our lives consist of where we are right now, who we are right now, what our life is right now, where, where we are spiritually, where we are in our There's one thing that will definitely make a difference for all of us, and that's our love for Jesus Christ. So I'm going to ask you, what is salvation? What is salvation? When we, when we think about it, when we think about everything that we go through, when we think about everything that we struggle with on a day-to-day -day basis, we will never, we will, this world is full of sin. This world is full of ungodliness. It is full of immorality. It is full of abominations. So we face that every day. That's the world. This is, this is a reality check. That's what the world is all about. And not to add on to that, guess what? To add on to that, there's Spiritual forces, their spiritual powers. The Bible talks about them being principalities and powers and dominions that you and I, some of us don't believe in them. Some of us don't believe that they have a part in, in our lives right now. They do have a part. They're the, you know what the, the Bible calls Satan? They call him, Satan means adversary. He's an adversary. An adversary to what? To your soul. He will do everything he can to stop you from knowing God. He will do everything he can. And he will use all his forces to do so. And that's why the Bible says, that's what the Apostle Paul said about pulling down strongholds. And every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. You know what those are? Those are spiritual powers in heavenly places. Those are those spirits that are, amen, just moving, roaming the earth, deceiving man. We have that, we have that to, to reckon with. <laughs> we have that to reckon with. And then here's, here's, a, here's another enemy of our soul. We have those three, those three uh, forces that we have to reckon with. We have to deal with. That's that's why we need to fully understand 
about what it's going to take for us to be saved and what we are dealing with on a day-to-day basis. Sometimes you're dealing with your flesh. Sometimes you're dealing with spiritual forces. Sometimes you're dealing with the world. Hallelujah. And so you have to basically try to, to create or establish or, or develop an ability to discern. That's why the Bible says for us to discern between the good and the evil. What's good and what's evil? What's clean and what's unclean? Huh? What's holy, what's profane? There's a difference. And when you don't know the difference, guess what? You're not going to know what you need to do. Here's the thing. Every one of you say, well, how can I do that? How, what, what, how will I be able? Well, there's several ways you can do it. I'm not going to go into that right now, but right now you've got something called a conscience. You know what your conscience is? Your human spirit. Your human spirit is what tells you. Paul talks about that in Romans 7. Your human, your human spirit tells you either your human spirit's always telling you, hey, come on, do good, do good, do good. Your flesh is saying, no, don't do good. Do bad. Live in sin. So you have the, Paul said, he wars between the two. I could, you know, I know some of you are saying, how come he never gets off of this topic? Well, here's a person who I believe knows what he's talking about. Not me. A person who's a man of prayer. Look what he said. What is salvation? What is salvation? It is none other than God saving men out of himself. It is none other than God saving men out of himself in himself. So in other words, God's trying to pull us out of our self. You know why? Because we're so self-willed. The devil cannot do anything to you because, you know what? He All he can do is entice you. All he can do is tempt you. Did you realize that it, there's one thing that you can say to the devil and he will have to listen to you if you just tell him no? Too long we have said yes to to all the temptation, all the deception, all the lies, everything that, you know what, what Jesus said when he rebuked Peter, he said, get thee behind me, Satan, for thou savorest the things that be of men and not of God. In other words, all you like to do is focus on the, the fleshly, the carnal desire of men. And so we come to that point, if, if, if we're battling, God wants to save us. You know why? Because... If you tell Satan no, he's going to have to, he's going to have to obey your will. Why? That's why Paul said for us to renounce the hidden things of dishonesty. Renounce them. We need to take it upon ourselves to say, I don't want to have any part of this life anymore. Huh? Somebody might say, is it, is it as easy as that? Yes, it is. But here's the thing. Once you do that, you've got to put God in that place. That's what the, that's what the infilling of the Holy Spirit is for. That's what the Holy Ghost is for. So that once we, when all the, all this Stuff is taken out of us. Guess what? We need to put something good in there. We need to fill this void. Okay? So, salvation is none other than God saving men out of himself into himself. Okay? Listen to this. Salvation has two facets. Has two facets. Cutting off and uniting with. Pay attention to that. Salvation has two facets, cutting off and uniting with. So what do we mean by that? Uh, What is cut off is self. What is cut off is sin. What is cut off is any ungodly influence. Any, Any spiritual influence. Any spiritual deception. Cutting Cutting off, okay? And then uniting 
uniting with God, receiving what God has given us. Uh, go with me. Go with me. Uh, okay. Go with me to uh, Romans chapter 12. I'll swing this around. I'm going to swing this around if you don't mind. I'll, I'll explain myself. I'm not, you know, I'm, I'm going to kind of go around here in the scriptures. I might do. Is it, anybody uh, familiar with music terminology here? Anybody here? Anybody? Musician, singer? Uh, when we talk about doing the turnaround, you know what a turnaround is? You start out, for example, if, the, if a song's in a certain key and you're going through a chord progression, you start out whatever the root is or the tonic of that chord. That key is if it's a C, you start out C and you go and you go through this this chord progression. So when you do a turnaround, you know what you do? You hit all those chord progressions, but then you come back around, and you go back to the root. That's a turnaround. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to I'm going to do a a biblical turnaround with you tonight. All right. I, I already gave you a passage in Philippians. That was our root chord. That was the key. Okay, now we're, we're going on this progression. Look what it says in, in Romans chapter 12, verse number 1 and 2. This is, we all know this very well. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that ye present your bodies a living sacrifice. Okay? Holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. And be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that ye may prove what is that good and perfect, good and acceptable and perfect will of God. So here we see, here we see the cutting off and the uniting. The cutting off and the uniting. Be not conformed to this world. Cut off the world. Huh? Cut off the world. But be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Be, be united by the renewing of your mind. Be, you, united to what? To the things of God. To be spiritually minded. Right now, before anybody is saved, before you're, before you're regenerated, unregenerated souls have not a knowledge of God. So when we're in that state spiritually and even in our minds when we're unregenerated you know what we are we are carnal we walk in the lust of our flesh we walk in the the, the mentality that we have as unsaved creatures the only thing we know is sin the only thing we know is the world huh all these things that are, you know, and, and it has nothing to do with God, you know. So it's a carnal mind. It's carnal thinking. The natural man, the, the natural man lives according to the dictates and, and appetites and lust of this flesh. That's how we all were before we came to know Jesus. Huh? So that's why when we talk about cutting that off, we need to cut it off. The only way, uh, when Jesus was talking about this uh, in, in, in the Beatitudes. This is what he said. The pure in heart shall see God. Is that what he said? Yeah. Has anybody ever read that? The pure in heart shall see God. Why is it the pure? Once you get all the sin, once you get all this ungodliness out, you know why? Because that obscures your vision. The, the light of the body is the eye. So if our focus is the world, and we're trying to see God, you know what, we're not going to see him clearly because, you know what, our, our, our body's going to be full of all this ungodly uh, influence that we won't be able to see God clearly. So the only way that we can uh, uh, be able to see God, the pure in heart, we have to clean out our hearts. We have to get rid of all the, all the sin and everything that is not right in our heart. We have to clean out our hearts. And, and let God come in, and then you know what? The pure in heart shall see God. <clears throat> it's a simple 
It's as simple as that. It's as simple as that. But here we are. We're trying to focus on the things of God. We're trying to see the things of God, but yet we have all this, all this stuff in our heart, in our mind. You know, when it's in your heart and your mind, you know what it's going to do? It's going to contaminate your body. It's going to contaminate your spirit. So you think about that. So that's why he said that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. I can't, you know what? Blows my mind. Blows my mind. Uh, it'll be almost 40 years now since I've been filled with the Holy Ghost. Wow. Woo wow. Uh, and you know what? Here was me. I opened up that pill bottle. I was bound by drugs, alcohol, and a bunch of other sin. But you know what? When the Lord filled me with the Holy Ghost, I was set free. When I was baptized in Jesus' name, I was set free. Blows my mind that ever since that time, guess what? I don't even desire it. Never even had a relapse. Huh? Once I turned my back on it, I turned my back on it. Amen. I said, bye-bye. I, I still can't get over that. Every morning I wake up early in the morning. I'm outside, 6.30, 7 o'clock, walking. And you know, and when I see that sunrise, I say, oh, thank you, Jesus. Amen. Even on a cloudy day, oh, thank you, Jesus. I'm amazed. I'm still, he's still blowing my mind. Praise God. I'm amazed. So, so, here's something. Listen to this. Whatever does not aim at deliverance from self and union with God is not genuine salvation. I'll read it again. Whatever does not aim at deliverance from self, and I can say sin, and the world, huh? and union with God is not genuine salvation. If you cannot be separated from that life, the former life, the old life, and you cannot be united with God, you know, that kind of, and I'm not trying to be judgmental, but you know, why is it that, you know, people that proclaim Christ are still doing the same things over and over again. You know what the argument is? Well, I'm saved by grace. But you know what Paul said? Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? You know what he said? God forbid. How are we that are dead to sin continue any longer therein? Woo! See, that's the thing. I, I, I know. I know that because I experienced that. I experienced it. And, and, and you know what? I, I was just being led of the Spirit. As I was being led of the Spirit, I just kept following Him. You know what He did? He led me out of sin. He led me out of the world. And I followed Him, and guess what? He took me to a, a better place. A spiritual, a, a new life. Think about that. Anything which cannot save man from self and join him to God is vanity. A true spiritual beginning involves release from sin and a carnal life and entry into divine life. <clears throat> you, you ever wonder why? I, I want you to understand this. I would rather obey Jesus' word than any doctor of the theology. Amen. Amen. Huh? Unless that doctor has the, the revelation of salvation, I will not listen to a man that does not know how to be saved. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Are you listening to me? Amen. And Jesus knows. If you read that, look what he says. We're, we're talking about a true spiritual beginning involves release from sin and a carnal life 
an entry into a divine life. Okay, so here we are. We're we're being we're we're being and, and, and there's scripture for that. Okay, let's go to uh, uh, John chapter three. This is this is a well known. All of us should know this very well. We should we should be able to quote this. Uh, amen. Without any kind of difficulty. And and this is and, and like I said, I would rather take Jesus' his word than anybody's word. Amen. Jesus amen. is the one. He's the author of our salvation. That's right. He's the captain of our salvation. Why would we not listen to him? But look what he said in verse number three. He said, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Except you're born again, you cannot see. You cannot look upon it. And you know what that also means? You cannot understand. You cannot see. Verse number five. Verily, verily, I say unto you, except a man be born of water and of the Spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. So unless you're born again of water and of the Spirit, you cannot enter into the kingdom of God. So, so let's put this together. He says, except a man be born again, he cannot see. Except a man be born again. Now he, now he, he, he brings in a little bit more detail. Be born of water and of Spirit. You know what that is? Water baptism, infilling of the Holy Ghost. Why? That's the entrance into the kingdom of God. Amen. Amen. That's the entrance into the kingdom of God. Unless you, unless you do those, those, those fulfill His words, you cannot enter into the kingdom of God. Sin has to be dealt with. Somebody asked me a question, and uh, they were reading in, in uh, Exodus chapter four. <laughs> And they were talking about when when Moses, when the Lord spoke to Moses, said, Moses, I want you to go back into Egypt, and I want you to stand before Pharaoh, and I want you to tell Pharaoh, let my people go. Wow. When he returned back into Egypt, as he was going along the way, guess what? The Bible says the Lord met him and tried to take his life. But you know what happened? Moses' wife, Zipporah. Is that how you pronounce it? Zipporah, Zipporah. Something like that, yeah. You know what she did? She, she obviously must have understood, hey, wait a minute. My boy has never been circumcised. And he's trying to go back and preach the gospel. They that preach the gospel must live of the gospel. Amen. Amen. An uncircumcised, taking an uncircumcised person to go preach the gospel. And you know what they, you know what she did? She circumcised her son. And she told Moses, a bloody man thou art to me. A bloody man thou art to me. But see, that's the way it is. For us to qualify to preach the gospel, to preach the kingdom of the, uh, of the gospel, the gospel of the kingdom, guess what? We need to be born again. Amen. Amen. Otherwise, we're not qualified. Praise God. So, so we see that these these two things. And if you go if you go over into Second uh, Peter uh, in your in, in the like I said, I'm I'm doing a turnaround. And and look what it says in Second Peter uh, chapter one. And and look what it says. He says, verse number 10, Wherefore the rather, brethren, give diligence to make your calling and election sure. Amen. Everybody see that? Make sure, give diligence to make your call. Make sure, hey, come on. You, you, you've got to do what you need to do. For if you do these things, ye shall never fail. Now look what he says. For so an entrance shall be ministered unto you abundantly into the everlasting kingdom of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. So an entrance shall be ministered unto you. Guess what? We'll be able to enter the kingdom of God. You know what that means? If we're not born again in water spirit, we cannot enter. Pretty simple. That's the, that's the doorway to this storage room right here. The only way I can get into that storage room is I have to walk through the door. Everybody listening? Uh, would I be able to get in, in, in that uh, storage room if I try to 
<laughs> or maybe I could climb the wall and go through the ceiling. Huh? Or maybe I could go here on this part and try, and try to get in there. I can't. <coughs> Guess what I have to do? I have to walk through the door. Yeah. Amen. Amen. The door has to the door. Amen. You know who that door is? <laughs> Jesus. And, and that's what the, that's what the, a, a lot of believers are trying to do. They're, they're trying to enter into the kingdom of heaven, but guess what? They're not walking through that door. Right. Jesus said, you must be born again. Right. So we see that. Salvation, if we're going to be saved, it's going to be based upon uh, us understanding, being cut off, cutting off sin, cutting off ungodliness and all this, and then uniting ourselves, being filled with the Spirit. Amen? Amen. For us, for us to be, uh, amen, for us to be saved. Let's go back to the book of Romans. Man, I just realized I don't cast my time. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I won't charge you, though. I won't charge you. Everything from this point on is freebie. Romans 8, verses 5 to 10. I got a few scripture verses after this, and we'll stop for tonight. But Romans 8, look what it says. For they that are after the flesh do mind the things of the flesh. You see that? But they that are after the spirit, the things of the spirit. See, that's the difference. That's the difference. We're talking about, you know, as far as being spiritually, uh, a spiritual person, a born-again believer. For to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. Because the carnal mind is, is enmity against God. It hates God. It's enmity against God. For it is not subject to the law of God. Neither indeed can be. That's why they can't obey the scripture. So then they that are in the flesh cannot please God. But ye are not in the flesh, but in the spirit. If so be that the spirit of God dwell in you. Now if any man have not the spirit of Christ, he is none of his. But if Christ be in you, the body is dead because of sin, but the spirit is life because of righteousness. So, so see, see, that's the part right now that that you and I, that's that's our struggle right now is, is letting the old nature, letting that old carnal nature resurrect. I think we all understand that, don't we? I think we all know our struggles. We all know what we face every day. We and we get up and we have to battle this old flesh. We have to move this old flesh because that's really our connection to everything else. All the other elements, sin, our adversary, the world. This is what connects us to that. So as long as as we're letting this, you know, basically have its its way. minds aren't going to be as such or will be spiritually minded. We'll, we'll be carnal minded. Carnally minded. So the only thing that we can only thing that we can uh, think about or the only thing that will be uh, dominating our mind is our carnal nature. That's why, saints, I, I, I really would uh, wish, I, I mean, not wish, I, I, I really uh, would desire that if we could ever get a hold of this thing, if we could ever really get a hold of it. And it's not hard. It's not hard. It's not difficult. We just have to do what we need to do to be able to maintain our spiritual life. Keep ourselves in that place. Walk in the Spirit. Amen. Amen. Live in the Spirit. That's, the, that's what Paul said, that I might know the power of his resurrection. Wow. 
So you think about that. When you think about what God can do for us individually. And, and you know, I, I know things happen. I know there's a lot of things that are in front of us. There's obstacles. There's all kinds of come our way. But, you know, here's the thing. You have an advantage. You know why? Because you have his spirit living in you. So you have an advantage. You can go through whatever it is. You can overcome. You can be victorious. You can triumph over the enemy. Why? Greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. And if every child of God can get a hold of that, get a hold of that, you know where you know how that's gonna happen. You know what you know what's gonna uh, basically ensure that you will be an overcomer. It's your your will to pray, your will to read, your will to obey. Hallelujah! I had an awesome time in prayer last night. I had an awesome time in prayer last night. I was heavy laden. I came in here and it just seemed like the instant we started praying, it was just like all that heaviness. Amen. That's right. It's kind of. See, that's the reality. That's the truth. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And we're almost done with the first month of 2020. My, my, my. Time is, time is fleeting. Time is going by so fast. Praise God. Uh, don't forget Friday evening, youth night. Let's come in here and have a good time. Hallelujah. Good to see everybody in here. Good to see our visitors. Thank you for coming tonight. Amen. I hope you have a, a blessed evening. Thank you for coming. Lord bless you. Greet one another.